We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We are in Washington. That's right. Happy Friday, everybody. As you are listening to this, we are all back in Washington at the Ridge Motorsports Park for our third Lemons race. And we hope the new <clears throat> Porsche Boxer engine is now, the, the replacement engine will last the entire race. And so what happened was, since you know we're act- actually now in Washington filming the first episode for season six, Todd decided he wanted to go on a brief vacation. And so Chance joins me back in the mic. Welcome back, man. Yeah, I'm here. It's, it's good to be back, of course. Appreciate you uh, jumping in here. And uh, Todd is somewhere and just relaxing and catching a break after delivering all of our stuff to Discovery for uh, for television. Yeah. So that is all except for the sixth episode of season five, if you can believe it. So we're now overlapping between the end of season five, which we still need to shoot. And that uh-huh. episode will actually air the very last episode because we couldn't squeeze it in with our shoot schedule. Yeah. So we're, we're shooting the first episode of season six and the last one of season five opposite each other. I, it's, it's all confusing. <laughs> we're not actually in Washington yet. You and I are sitting here on Tuesday. We are. We're recording, we're recording this in advance for sure. We've got uh, coming up while we're in Washington. So we're there the weekend of July 27th and 28th, 2019. And by the way, if you are nearby and you want to come out all the way to Shelton, Washington and come see us, uh, hopefully not blow up and do fairly well. You know, the, the good news see is, is we only have to do, what, seven laps to beat last year? <laughs> I think we. Full, I think Todd and I each did eight total. Okay. And so if we're past eight, then, then we'll be good, actually. We'll, we'll have our little celebration. But since we're going to be there, we're going to be visiting our sponsor, Griot's Garage, and uh, visiting those guys on that Monday, July 29th. And we are doing a live stream episode that will be episode 421, about 4.30 or 5 p.m. Pacific time, something like that. We haven't quite sorted it out yet, but we will leave details on social media. And we're going to be doing a live stream on the Griot's Garage YouTube channel. And then that episode will be posted as usual for the Tuesday, the day we're actually flying back home. So lots going on there. But yeah, yeah we're just excited to see those guys and hang a bit. And uh, yeah, maybe grab a bite at some point. But we'll have Nick Griot on the podcast with us at least. I'm hoping for Richard too, but we'll have Nick. And uh, so we'll post up for questions for them. And We'll uh, we'll get them in our world and see if we can do a debate or two, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, but that should be fun. And so then uh, this weekend also, season five, episode four airs. It's this Saturday, July twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. Aptly titled "Blue Cars" because all three of the cars we had were blue. Yeah, and that was simultaneously probably the hardest choice we ever had to make. And which one we liked best? Oh man, And, and 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 you know, none of us agreed. Oh, well, of course, of course. Well, you're going to have to see it because so many of you have asked about uh, sports sedans and not the big ones, not the huge, you know, I I need a big automatic. It's something that can be commuted in, something still good for family, but something still small enough and eh, slightly fun that you can have some fun in it and go find a twisty back road. So that was the the brand new BMW 330i. So it's the G20 BMW, the new Genesis G70, and the Alfa Romeo Giulia, and they were all different shades of blue. Yeah. (laughs) So what do we call the episode? Blue cars, yeah. And I have to say, too, driving out to shoot location from L.A., we went up PCH that evening through Malibu, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that sunset, in those three cars, it was just magic. It was glorious. We and by the way, then, but it was just it was magic. We did stop at Duke's and we had a bite. Yeah. It, it was nice. It was great. And then you know, the, if you've ever been there, the valets are sort of scratching their heads, like, "What? Are you guys together?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, we're together." <laughs> <laughs> so, other news, uh, lots to share with you guys. Uh, the Utah meetup. We're a week out from the, from the time you're hearing this, August second through the fourth. That's the first weekend of August. Yep. If you're available, if you're uh, in Utah, and uh, we're doing a track day all day on the 3rd, you can choose to hike or go mountain biking with us on the 2nd on Friday, and then track day all day on the 3rd, and then yeah, a really and, cool drive on Sunday. Yep, and on the evening of the track day is actually a six-hour endurance race from 6 to midnight, which is one of my favorite events to go watch and shoot. You've been to this one, yes? Several times. It's it's pretty what, awesome. What should we expect? We're, we're not participating, obviously. No, no. We're not participating. We're watching, and you can enter this if you're a, a NASA. Uh, you've got a license. Yeah, you can yeah. 
jump in. Yeah, and there's some some semi-pro drivers that come participate. Uh, there's a lot of it's a mixed bag of cars from ranging from spec Miatas all the way to Porsche Cup cars. And, and are they Super on track Trufeo at the same time? So it's yep. like a Lamar race. Everybody's yep. on track, but they're competing in different Pit classes. Pit stops, tracks, really? driver changes. It's the whole shebang. Well, yeah, it's six six to midnight, but yep. you can stay once as the sun goes down. There's no lights. Yeah, right, right. That's crazy. You can stay as little or as long as you want. We're going to hang out uh, until we get tired and we need to just bail. So they do have fireworks, fun. too. Oh, that's right. Is, that's uh, right. The, the county fairgrounds, is, I think it's county fairgrounds, is next door, and they do they kind of piggyback off each other and do fireworks that night, which is kind of awesome. Very and, cool. Uh, Very cool. Well, uh, just a quick note to our sponsors, Covercraft and Griot's Garage, for helping us out with continuing our, our TV uh, shoots and episodes. And by the way, if you saw Todd's posting of his Lancer covered up in the driveway, that is indeed, everyone, that is the Noah fabric. That is the bomb-proof fabric. I had that on my Audi Avant wagon 10 or more years ago, 12 years ago, when I parked outside and I was yeah. still living in L.A. And I had that, and it was just – it was excellent. I it was it was really good. So yes, that is the the thick stuff. And uh, by the way, if um, you are inclined and uh, you can help us out, you we do have a Patreon page, and it does give you access to the Discord forum, which has gone nuts. It's it's it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a living, it's, breathing thing. There's a, it's, it's a lot a, of fun happening there. A lot of fun sure. to jump on, and so that is uh, it's like Slack. It's actually a Discord is gamer kind of page but yep. we've turned it into sort of like a, a slack channel and there's multiple threads so there's car debates on there there's i can't remember where there's just yeah, general there's, discussions there's ask there's us questions there's kinds general stuff. questions car spotting all i try to jump on as much as i can i think we all do but yeah just make sure you don't enable notifications on your phone because you'll get clobbered all day all, 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 all day yes yeah. nuts so we've got a great couple of debates for you here. Jeremy M. joins us here. He's soon to turn 25, and he's been postponing a car purchase. And then after the break, we've got Josh H., who is discovering, well, he's finding a car for his wife. And so we've got to get to that. But before we do, I saw a, uh, a video that was kind of circulating around today, and it was from Ford. And I'm going to okay. completely ruin it for everybody because they uncovered their electric pickup F-150, their electric F-150 prototype. I missed that. And they pulled one million pounds with it. So the whole point was torque. Look at what we can do with electric right. motors torque. And then they added 42 because it's been 42 years since the F-150 has been introduced. And they added those to the train cars. They drove them onto the train cars and then pulled that. So it was 1.25 million pounds, whatever. But dang impressive. <laughs> I just... I. I watch. I don't usually watch these things, but if it's a, a comparison or some sort of like pulling test, do you remember when the the shuttle, the space shuttle, was yeah, towed through uh -huh. Los Angeles? Was it, the, was it the Tundra? And ev the Tundra. Everybody was like, "Oh, I got to have a shot at doing yeah. something, towing it and pulling it." And I just I enjoy those things, but it's still not as cool as Jean Claude Van Damme doing the splits on the Volvo trucks, the semi trucks going in reverse. <laughs> and by the way, everything on the internet is real. So just keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just thought, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. And yeah, I, I'm wondering now that Chevy has sort of, um, upset the entire automotive world with the Corvette. Does this mean Ford is going to pull off the same trick with the future electric F-150? Right, right. Are they going to own that space, even though GM is it like, is, yeah, we want to build Is this going to be the new standard, too, where we have the, the strongest man competition, you know, where they pull totally. the trains with their teeth? Totally. They're going to be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like watching those because it's just like, <laughs> I will never be able to do that. That is astounding. There's human beings that big. It's yeah. astounding. Teeth, beard, hair, you know, it's, whatever. It's incredible. So... Yeah, that uh, that all happened, but I just thought that was interesting. I wonder if Ford owns this space for future electric pickup trucks. Yeah. But you know, is who knows on the range? Who knows? But uh, anyway, I thought that was really cool. So we've got to jump to these debates here. First one from Jeremy, who is like we said, soon to turn twenty five. He's been putting off this car purchase until the insurance gets cheaper. You've got to hear his list because the title of his email is Oddballs and Eccentricities. And he, he is buying based on styling. Did mm -hmm. you notice this in the email? I did. I did. I kind of overlooked that in my list. I forgot about it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That, that stuck <laughs> out like a sore thumb to me. I'm, I'm like, I honed right in on that one, Jeremy. So well done. He's got about 10 grand as a lump sum to put down. And he believes he can finance the rest for a total value up to $25,000. So... 20, 25 grand, but he's got a Civic right now. 
and he's looking for something the daily to either handle the commute and be a fun car and he buys something in that category and keeps the Civic or he just gets rid of everything yep. and just goes kind of nuts. Yep. Must be a manual transmission. Uh, he's only five foot eight, so space isn't too much of a problem for you know human space. <laughs> sure, we were just comparing uh, torso sizes. Pro- yeah. You had to lower the microphone we sitting over there in the on the opposite side here. Yeah, even though Todd and I are the same height, we're very different in our <laughs> builds. Pretty funny, but uh, um, wants a manual transmission, hydraulic power steering, and cable throttle bodies or cable throttle. Yeah, he says all my preferences lean towards the analog experience. He he will make exceptions for something newer if it if it checks the boxes of mm. the feel. He appreciates the slow car fast because where he lives, we don't know where Jeremy lives, but he he has twisty roads near him, so he's he's not really caring about high speeds. Yeah, he's just concerned about slow car and enjoying and getting the most out of this. You know, mechanical linkages everywhere. Right, and he does say the the roads near him are more uh, suited for. For uh, the tight, twisty, real agile cars. And again, we don't quite know where that is. I wish yeah. we did know, but that's okay. We we uh, we know at least he's got twisties near him to go enjoy. He's got a long list of things he's considering. And then he sends us a list of cars we might suggest, but I'm going to go ahead and write that off because he dislikes the styling. The styling is a major issue with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start with that list because he said, if you suggest Pontiac anything... A few Lexus models from the 90s, the E30 or E36 3 Series, Camaros, pre-2015 Mustangs, which is, you know, Chance's expertise, I'm, one, I'm one kinda, of his I'm areas. I'm kind of with them there. And then anything, anything FCA except for Alfa Romeo. So that is off the table immediately right before we even begin here. Yeah. And then the list he has that he has been looking at is the E46 BMW, the fourth-gen Honda Prelude with the uh, four-wheel steering. Those are cool. The cool. 07 to 09 hatchback STIs, the uh, Hawkeye STIs, I believe they're is known Is that as. what they're called? There's uh-huh. Bug-Eye, now Hawkeye. And, uh-huh. Right. Uh, the NDRF Miata. Okay, so yeah, the uh, retractable fastback. Uh, like it. He mentions the NSX, saving up for a little longer to get a first-gen NSX. A Lancia Scorpion, which is kind of a, a base version of the Lancia 037 that you yeah. can turn into an 037, apparently. Yeah, I was digging into those, and we'll we'll have to touch on that, yes. Uh, the S2000, early Caymans, and base Julias. Now, those last three, none of those are really that analog by today's standards. I'd say the Cayman is up there, and the base Julia is quite surprising. Again, coming back to blue cars, we had that in- included. Yeah. So you've you've. But I, they've I'm looking all, forward to sharing that. So the Cayman's got hydraulic steering, but it's also throttled by wire. Yes, yes, and he he does say he's willing to make some exceptions yep. if things speak to him. And so this Lancia Scorpion, he says, then, it, it's speaking to him, and that is the rally car that was uh, built for Group B rally back in yeah. the early eighties. Uh-huh insane and then the other oddball he lists was the jaguar xjs well he'd keep the civic and get one of these and swap a 1gz fe toyota v12 into it <laughs> i'm not really sure what motor that is to be honest but uh it sounds like an interesting idea interesting well clearly that means he's up for some wrenching yeah he's up for kind of maybe frankenstein is the wrong word but sort of restomod or just kind of you know, it's kind of something like you've been doing with a Mustang. And yeah. I know it's been in hibernation all winter and actually for the better part of a year. Is that thing running yet? It is. We'll have an update later on. Okay. All right. Just checking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So this list is quite, quite delicious. I like it. The NSX, I think you're going to have to save. The cheapest one I found mm, two yeah, or three months ago was 31000 yeah, and if you're 25 And that was fairly high miles. So I, I think, um, Jeremy, you're going to still need to save for that. But excellent choice. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I do have some rock star styling icons of the 70s and 80s, all manuals, very distinctive. And by the way, Auto Tempest does have a classic section that might help you if you want to browse around there. That It's a good place to start. But I kind of want to hear this list from you because you've been cackling over there as you're making your list on your I've, laptop. I've really only got two cars. One of them's one car over several different years. Okay. All right. Uh, the other one I think is a glaring omission from your list, and that's the 86 chassis. <laughs> Fair enough. For BRZ. fair enough, fair enough. I don't know if that's the right car for you because it doesn't have a ton of power. 
But on a back road, they're just so much fun. Well, he was saying, I don't need the power. Yeah, yeah. If and so, that's and the a case. lot of the cars on his list are not that fast. Yeah. Not, not that powerful. Yeah. But I also I kind of went with the lightweight, kind of nimble cars, but went American. Okay. And kind of kept with what's going on right now. Okay. And I found <laughs> right. three different types of Corvettes you can go with. <laughs> it's, how did I? All right. <laughs> Okay, so, so I was wondering, like, okay, <laughs> as you narrowed it down, I was like, are, are we getting into sure, so, so, yes. so hold hold on here. All right, uh, you can do a you can do C five Z sixes all day long in this budget. Okay, all, all day, right. all day. If you want to go a little newer, you can actually stretch just a little bit more to like twenty eight thousand and get the C six Grand Sport. Yeah. Huh? There's a bunch of a couple of those for under thirty. Okay, but the, I like how we're suddenly under thirty now. He, he had a hard but, stop at twenty five. Here's here's the piece de la resistance. Okay, right. I found you a 1990 ZR1 with seventeen thousand miles on it and black for twenty five nine nine nine. That's my white it's, whale. It's right not. There. It's not a really light car, but when you drive it, it feels like a light car. And that is all springs and cables and mechanical mm-hmm. and hydraulic mm-hmm. and belts and everything. And styling, there's not a whole lot of styling to it, but it's still a really yeah, good Yeah, but that goes car. out the window when you start driving that thing hard. Yeah. It just kind of goes out the window. And, it's, and got, just... it's got some of those unique you know, early 90s, late 80s Corvette quirks with the gauges. and the, the, It doesn't have the crazy digital dash, but it does have that... That second gen <laughs> digital dash and you're kidding. And some of that style. Well, I told you about the one that I found auctioned on. I think it was Mecham, and it was all out the door at 19. It yeah. was rough, and it had some, you know, an engine rebuild and high miles. But this one sounds. This delish. one is actually at one of your favorite places too. I just noticed. Is that CNC Motors? Oh, really? No yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's going to be nice. It looks nice. What color is it? It's black on black. That's. And it's ah. got the. It's got the radial turn. The. What do you call those wheels that everyone loves? Oh, the, the turbine fan or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, those. It's got those on it. Plus, it's 1990, which means it's just before they went to the 92, I think it was, the smoothed out styling, yep. integrated yep. lights it's the more and boxy looking one. Which I dig, actually. I do, too. So from I a style too. perspective, I like the earlier ones, and that is the... I mean, the 1990 was the one we drove in American Original. Yeah, and we, just, we loved that car. Everybody came loved away just it. going, I never saw that coming. Yeah. And it's it's springs. You can feel the tension in springs in the throttle, Jeremy. You can you can actually modulate it. It does. It's a very analog car. Well it's, done. It's pretty awesome. Well we, we done. actually met I like him. That. We bumped into the owner of that car at uh, that uh, Eaglewood. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, he's like, you know, if you ever want to take it out again, just <laughs> just call me. He he did offer that up again, and I'm thinking, all right, we yeah. might need another fix. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well so, done. So what are these uh, quirky cars you got? Well, I was thinking about styling, and I was thinking about what you were saying, Jeremy. When you mentioned the launch of Scorpion, and you said the O thirty seven, the Rally zero thirty seven, is one of your dream cars, and you said an accurate replica can be built off a launch of Scorpion, and you also had a suggestion up here for that E forty six that Chance mentioned. You said, mm-hmm. "Well, maybe I'll buy one of those and slowly turn it into an M three sedan over the next few years." Yep. I, if you're planning on doing that, I'd almost suggest getting one and making it nicer if you're doing the M3 thing. But they didn't have an E46 M3 sedan. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's where I think that's, that's where you're true. going with that. I was thinking the E36 sedan they did. Yeah, which is what he does not 46. want. That's, okay, on, that's right. on his scratch list. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But this this build thing, I, I still come back to Fiero with a North Star or anything transverse V8, North Star, bulletproof yeah. engine. Yeah. But that got me thinking, and I went back to styling icons of the 70s and 80s. These are all manual transmissions. And I started with the Fiat X19. Those are different, yep. They're it's also the very Triumph version, too, right? Uh, was there? Wasn't there like version? a Triumph TR2 or TR3 or something? Wasn't that? Of the X19? The X19? Well, I know that was a Bertone styling, so I, I don't know if that was the same car. I don't know. I I'd, could ha- be I'd wrong. have to check that up. So the Fiat X19, you could drop a North Star V8 into that thing and, you know, shred rear tires all day long. But fit. <laughs> one of our <laughs> listeners, Hal Bullock, actually has one. He, ha- he lives out near Tail of the Dragon, and he's been sending me photos of it. By the way, he had a windshield crack, and he was able to source another one. So he said, not too much money, yeah. so that's good. And you can find these for pretty cheap, which means you could keep your Civic and 
get a Fiat X19. You've got Italian styling, one of the pinnacle styling of the 70s. Yep, yep. They're a cool-looking little car. But if you didn't want to do that, go buy the best BMW 2002 you can find for your money. Ooh. And I say best because you'd get rid of your Civic, and that would be the commute and the fun. Yeah. Now, do you rely on that for the commute? That's the big question mark. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I say... If it's real, if it's real if sorted. If it's yeah. sorted and nice and awesome, yeah, yeah. get a 2002. But you could keep going. The list is fairly extensive here. You could get yourself a Lotus Europa. Can you for that money? You can get them for fifteen and sixteen thousand dollars. I checked on Bring a Trailer for the last ones that have been wow. sold. Also, that means you can keep your Civic. So, just in case you still want to have the commute, then your fun is now the Europa, and you will win lowrider contest with it. Apparently, that's what everybody's doing with their Europas. Yeah, yeah. There's a story behind that. So, <laughs> uh, a couple years back, uh, went to uh, one of the local scrape fest, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, tilty wheels, ridiculous camber, yes. airbags, all all that. Your car looks broken. And, and you made your car look broken. Pe- people are bragging when they scrape over the leaf in the parking lot. Yeah. But they did a, a car limbo and where all the cars, they'd go under the pole, you know. But, mm-hmm. And as they'd get for lower and lower, people would start sitting on the hoods and the trunks to try and compress like the springs just that little bit more. Like themselves out on yep. the hood yep. to get under the... Under the pole, yeah. Meanwhile, there's this stock restored Lotus Europa <laughs> just cruising under everything. It won because it's <laughs> and it was stock, not lowered. It was just there because they're that small. They're small and stock. They are 40 inches off the ground. The top of the roof is 40 inches, like the GT40. Yeah, 40 inches tall. Yeah. So if you really want to go win, you know, your local lowrider limbo contest, you can buy Europa. Apparently, you I'm, could also. The, I just <laughs> thought of this one with that car. Uh, you could do a Porsche 914. That's next on my list, okay, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I found one on the Porsche Club of America being sold by a member. It's a 1974 914 with a full engine rebuild by a company called Further Performance in Minneapolis, Minnesota for 16 k They did the transmission, full engine rebuild, 77,000 miles. It looks pristine. Sixteen grand. Nice. Nine fourteen. Nice. You could do a Porsche 912 because those have not skyrocketed yet. No, they haven't. I still think that'd be a cool electric conversion. That uh, Zelectrics, I think, in California well, is doing that with 912. I was say, wasn't there one at SEMA this past year? Was there? I think there was. I missed that one. So you could do a 912 in there. Very classic styling. See? Everything's manual. Very springy and cable and yep. throttly. Yep. But then I came to the first-gen Mazda RX-7, 1978 to 1985. Ooh. You could even do towards the tail end, the newer one, Series 2 or Series 3. We drove one of those as a fast blast. Uh-huh. Pristine. They're twenty tops, yeah, and they'll run. Those are they're cool cars. Find a pristine cool one. Cars. Then I they went have on to so much potential too. Oh yeah, yeah. And if seriously, Jeremy, if you're thinking about putting money into keeping something nice, it's all of these. Those are my top five for you as pinnacles and very distinctive styling. They're older, uh-huh. and therefore nothing is. There's going to be no electric steering racks to be found, and lots of cable linkages and yeah. hose clamps and all that kind of stuff all over the car. Mm-hmm. So I, I think those are, yeah, the styling on all of those is very distinctive. My my non front runners, the ones just to mention, and they're not to be considered, are Mitsubishi Stereons. Okay. Kind of yeah. weird, but Japanese, uh-huh. probably fairly reliable. If you've owned a Stereon that is not reliable, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> and then you could do a Celica Supra, like one of the early Toyota Celica Supras or a yeah. Toyota MR2, somewhere in there. But yeah, yeah. I'm still thinking you're going to have to be the best judge of uh, it's old enough and quirky enough that it might just run on the weekends and it, it's not the ideal commuter car, and so I want to spend less on it. Therefore, Lotus Europa. And not to mention, do you think it's ugly or not? True. The, the or do you think it, do you way. think it's decent enough looking that you could tweak it enough to make to make it look how you would want it to look? Well, that's a good point. I've seen 2002s without bumpers, and then the, yeah. the entire front is blacked out, and yeah, it looks yeah. a bit modern and tough and very different than just a you know chrome plated trim everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, you could customize things like that. But like I said, you're gonna have to be the best judge of. You know what? Uh, what speaks to you? What you could do? I, I love the nine twelve idea. I love possibly the Fiat X one nine, but I don't know how reliable those things are for long term commute. Yeah, I mean, you you would be distinctive. You would be set apart. You'd stand out. 
Coworkers would be like, wow, you're brave, man. <laughs> you know, it's actually another fun car. Uh, my dad had one. It's actually what I learned to drive stick on. was a 1973 Datsun 1200. No kidding. That's uh, a 1,600-pound rear-wheel drive two-door car. They came in like a, little, a coupe form and more of a fastback form. And they're cheap. They're hard to find. And they're, they're not easy to find parts for. But they're decent looking. No one knows what they are. And and so you you stand out, especially when it's bright orange like my dad's was. And they're just, it was a fun little car to throw around in, throw around corners and just drive around town. I'm enjoying the stories that you've shared with us just from your your dad's off-roading experience and the various cars. It just comes out over time though. Yeah. These stories (laughs) just trickle out because you're you're triggered by something. Uh You're like, oh, my dad had a thing. And then it's like, wow, there's another one. There's yet another one. My dad worked in Houston for a couple, for about a year recently. And uh, he would commute in that car, but 50 miles a day, solid. And uh, he'd say, he'd, he'd call me up one afternoon and be like, yeah, I got passed by this guy in a new Lamborghini. He's giving me thumbs up. And Seriously? And yeah, yeah. It was an, a so he proved you him. could commute uh-huh. in something he, like He commuted this. in it. He, he drove that daily for, I don't know, four or five years, maybe longer than that. There you go, Jeremy. I, I, yeah, I think all of these could be really interesting, especially if you could keep the Civic just because you know it's going to run and you're not just investing everything and, you, you know... You could go nuts. You could get the nicest version of any one of these cars. I think the RX-7 would probably be great. I think the 914 would be great. Uh, but who knows? Even the yeah. Celica Supra, they're you know, not as much power. But again, that's not, that's not the priority for you. So you have drive homework, but it's difficult homework. This is like yeah. extra credit going on here because these are not and really available on Turo or no, you know, you your local fun. rental fleet. Or yep, You have fun just finding some of <laughs> just, these cars for sure. Exactly. Just discovering and then maybe convincing the, the local little tiny boutique dealer to let you take it out and yeah. you know, go have fun with it. I suppose that's part of the fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Car shopping. That was very different. All right, Jeremy, really appreciate your email. And if you've got your own email, your own debate, please, you know where to write. I'll say it again, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. You can use the contact button in the top right corner, and that goes right to the same email. We push that right to our Everyday Driver TV email, and we see it all, and uh, we definitely catalog it. And it occurred to me as I was looking at debates today as if we can't get to your debate, we're hoping that the kinds of things that the ideas that we bring forth and just the, the act of writing the email is almost more helpful for you guys writing the email because you're putting your thoughts down in words and then you're looking at, you know, you're, you're wordsmithing it and correcting Mm -hmm. it and thinking, well, is that really what I want? Is that how I feel? Cause you might be seeing it in words for the first time. Yeah. All these thoughts are now distilled into an email. So I think that's helpful in and of itself. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes totally. you know, people are answering their own questions, which is great. So if we can't get to it, we apologize, but we do want to hear what you bought. We love hearing yeah. that because we're starting to do regular updates of, hey, here's what I bought. You guys inspired me or I hated your choice and I did this instead and great. We yep. love it all. Yep. So please send those. Or you didn't buy anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. Summer is finally here and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, CarsDirect, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. 
You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, Autotempest.com is your place to start. Josh H. is writing in for a car for his wife. They currently have a 2016 Forerunner SR5 Premium, which is in perfect learning order. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not fun. <laughs> yeah, he needs something fun. I'm looking for the question on Facebook who's uh, asking about <clears throat> the C8 versus a pool. Did you, did you see this? <laughs> it's uh, it's David Lineberry. He's, he's saying C8 or happy marriage in a pool. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's what... Uh, Josh, you're writing for as well, not the C8, but you know what I mean. Money, you're 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 looking for something new for your wife. Money Love can't it. buy happiness, but it can buy a C8. It can, but it, it can keep your marriage intact, and you can have a pool. Yeah, choice is yours, my friend. <laughs> All right, so yeah, she drives a 2016 SR5 Premium 4Runner. He bought it new for himself in December of 2016, and he thought, oh, I'm going to keep this forever because he had come from an STI. I'm going to keep this forever, mm. and then suddenly he found out he missed the fun factor. The STI. Yeah, most of it is he's missing the power. There's just yeah, no power in this well, thing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. They're going to run forever. But yeah, I, I, I take your point. Uh, he also says they opted out of the uh, the third row thinking that they would never need it, but decided that they haul family around a lot and kind of need it now. <laughs> My college roommate, Steve, specced out a brand new Civic, and he drove it down from Vancouver, and he specced it without the cigarette lighter because he thought, well, I don't smoke. Yeah. And then later on, when we all started to plug our devices into the car, <laughs> yeah. like, Steve, how could you not? He's like, well, I didn't, I don't know. I don't smoke. It didn't occur to me that you use a 12 volt for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they even call it a cigarette lighter anymore. It's just 12 volt. It's just 12 volt. Yeah. He's like, I don't smoke. Why would I order that? And then the, the little cutout in the panel wasn't punched out. <laughs> like, dang it. I can't plug anything into your car. That's what junkyard parts are for. <sighs> He had that car till it died. He's one of those that, you know, Steve, if you're listening, I, I'm teasing you again because he, he would keep his Honda until it would it actually, like, started to, like, throw a belt. Like, yeah. he'd do, you know, wait 100,000 miles between timing belts. The mechanic's like, what, uh, how's your car still running? <laughs> that's, that's, I think, how most people treat their cars is once it, it's making a funny noise. Oh, it's been making that for a long time, I can tell. <laughs> keep driving. Maybe the noise will go away. Anyway, all right. Josh, <laughs> he's got a family now. He says the forerunner is perfect. And as he said, I, I didn't think I'd need the, the third row, but it does come in handy now, you know, going places with the whole family. And he's a huge Japanese car fan. He says, I haven't had a car in my garage that wasn't built in Japan for quite a while now. Yeah. Now he does have this 2018 WRX. He, he dailies that. So that's the fun, practical car there. And he loves everything about the forerunner, but he's looking for something different. He's got a budget of $40,000, and he says the obvious choice at this point is a certified pre-owned Lexus GX460 gas-guzzling machine designed to consume fuel. Is that, is that all it does? That's all it does, oh, okay. actually. You you throw, you shovel gas at this thing, like wheelbarrows how, of how gas. Does, how does that work? I you see you run with the wheelbarrow, gas. and then you just stop and slosh it at the car. <laughs> it just... Hope you have a really big funnel. It's a, the Lexus gas sponge or something. He says having one of these stays in the Toyota family, obviously more power with a V8, yep. lots of gas guzzling mm-hmm, going on. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Expedition is like 9 or 10 miles per gallon downhill with a tailwind. Yeah. <laughs> really? Watching the needle move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He says, I want a little bit more luxury. Definitely the third row. Other things he is considering is the new Kia Telluride, the new Honda Passport, and possibly the new Forerunner. Uh, I, I will where did say you go on this? If, if you don't like the power of the forerunner, you're not going to like the passport and you're not going to like the new forerunner. I just think going back to it, that's like running home to mama. You know, you yeah. went back to another forerunner. Yeah. Like you, you've been there, you know it, mm-hmm. the, you, you know it. The, the Telluride is a great option. It's a phenomenal it's a really option. really great option for the money. You get so much with those. Josh, hopefully you saw that uh, for the second episode of this season, we drove seven-seat SUVs. And I think it really will 
surprisingly, I think it'll be a pretty popular episode because mm-hmm. we're looking for the driving fun and still being able to have the SUV in your life. Yeah. So the ones we chose were the Honda Pilot, the CX-9, and the T- Telluride, and we were at the press launch in Colorado. We are shocked by that thing. And I'm starting to see them actually around Park City yeah, now. Yeah, I'm starting to see them more and more. They're excellent. You've got to drive that. Love the Telluride. I'm actually becoming a big fan of Acura, as a matter of fact. The new MDX is extremely impressive, and we're about to review the new Acura RDX. We've heard very good things about that. We've got that car actually in Washington. Acura is loaning that to us uh, to bomb around in, and we're going to be sharing uh, our thoughts on that car. Hopefully, we can uh, get a fast blast done with that, but Mm -hmm. we're hearing good things. Todd and I were very impressed with the MDX. Now... From a budget standpoint, they're $56,000 brand new. They're not forty, So you'd have to go a year or two old, but I'd stay with, I think it was 2017 for the MDX. That is the the front nose, the update, that front clip update. So I actually found, I have that. that on my list, actually. The I've, MDX? I found the 2018 MDX hybrid sport all-wheel drive with advanced package for 44 Okay. So it's a little bit above You'll your price range. You'll never feel it in your monthly payments. Nothing. You'll never feel it. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that is the third row that you need. The power is there. And, you know, <laughs> I had a friend that... <laughs> you'll get an idea about his knowledge of cars when he told me that he thought the word turbo on the backs of cars was there for marketing. <laughs> well, some cars I think it is. I went, uh, no, actually, a turbo is a thing. It's a device. It's a mechanical thing. It actually adds power. No, See, it's not just for marketing. See, now they don't call them turbos for marketing. They call them things like EcoBoost, EcoBoost. for marketing. EcoBoost, it's code for turbo, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, I thought, all right, so the super handling all-wheel drive, is that for marketing or is it actually a thing? And surprisingly, it has great turn-in and then it pulls you through corners. And you're thinking to yourself, what? This is a, this is a big SUV. What? Why is this sort of fun? What's going yeah, on here? And it sounds great. Yeah. It actually legitimately sounds great. It's got some pull to it. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty pretty solid option. That they don't have a third row seat, but that's the MDX does. The does new the MDX, MDX have it? Absolutely, okay. it's all about the third row. The door is longer. I measured it, and I was that guy in the review. I it's a little bit long because <laughs> it, it has an ungainly proportion to it. I think, but they did squeeze that third row. The MDX okay. when it first came out never had that third row, and then they wanted a piece of that because of course they had to squeeze a new model in there. So they <clears throat> right. redesigned the RDX and shoved that in there. So they're taking a play, you know. Like everybody else is doing. BMW doing that. What else is on your list? Uh, The other two I had on my list was, uh, well, I guess I had three. I had the the Mazda CX-9. That's one of the other cars we had. Yep. uh, CUVs we had. Yep. Third row, turbo. Turbocharged goodness. Decently quick. Handles pretty decent as well. I was geared down, I felt like, to make it feel snappy off the line. It's kind of like what Hyundai's doing with their Santa Fe and Mm -hmm. various others. It's a little tiny turbocharged motor, but it actually chirps off the line. Yeah. And you're thinking, wow, what, what's this? Is and this- they're a pretty nice place to be, too. Yeah, it is. They're nice. It is. Uh, the other two I have, uh, they're both kind of oddballs, but I think okay. there's, there's something to go, both go look at. Neither one of them are technically SUVs. One of them's for sure not an SUV. Okay. The other one rides the line. It's the Volvo V90 Cross Country T6 all-wheel drive. Interesting. It's the big wagon. It's kind of their version of an Outback. Okay. So it's big. It's got decent power. They apparently handle really well. They do okay on on light off-roading dirt. <laughs> fire roads. Yeah, fire roads. And the gravel trail and down to the lake. And they're forty grand. Interesting. They're forty grand. I found a couple of them. And the other one I just thought of while we we're sitting here. Now, I bring it up because keep in mind this car is for his wife. True, true. But... I have both a neighbor who has one of these and loves it. I had a conversation with her about a week ago, okay. and she just went off on just how much it's the best car she's ever Slowly owned. Slowly backing away during the conversation. And one of my bosses, who's also a woman, just bought one of these, traded in her Range Rover Evoque for one of these, and loves it. Okay. The Kia Stinger. Really? Yeah. They're within the budget. They're very fast. Yeah, they nice are. to be in. Drive great. What trim levels did either of them get? Did they get uh, the high end uh, GT1 both, or GT2? They're both GT2s. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they got the big power. One's, one's white, one's red. Okay. All right. So they, but yeah. And they love them. They love them. I'm thrilled to hear that because we have been beating the, the drum about Kia Stingers and everybody's like, uh huh. 
sure, guys, keep yeah. keep talking. So, and then they drive them, and they're like, what? Yeah, so when one of my my managers, when she bought this car, she she came up to me the day she got it, and was like, hey, did you see my new car? Because she knows I'm a car guy. And she didn't wouldn't tell me what it was. She was like, I think you'll really, really like it. And it, I didn't see it for a couple of days, and then I realized, it was like, that's what you got that's amazing i love it and and she just went off on how awesome it is and 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 i don't think it's really a girl car but the two people either actually no the the people i know who have them and love them are both both happen to be females and that's where i i got the the idea from all right shield at science shield on twitter you just uh wrote to us and said yeah you know we've really convinced you on the stinger you just saw one in atlanta and stood out even in silver are you listening because Two more happy customers with their stingers. Mm-hmm. Loving them. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, the space is there, as a matter of fact, and you could make it work. I had Volvos on my list, too. Yeah. Because, you know, you could have the conversation, honey, do you want a pool, a kitchen remodel, or a Volvo? M2s <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or a porch. Or, wait. <laughs> that, that's the same, right? <laughs> they're, they're kind of, there's an equivalency in there somewhere. I actually went after the XC60 and the XC90. Okay. I did think of those, but I thought they'd be too expensive. 2018 and newer, you can get them for 40 to 45 Huh. Now, they're on the higher end, yeah. and we drove the XC60, which is, it's not going to have the third row space that the 90 will have, but the engine in that thing, it, it had the big engine, as a matter of fact, big, I mean, both turboed and supercharged, yeah. so it's the same displacement, they just throw a supercharger on it and add more boost, but driving that 60 made me think, wow, all right, if this is how Volvos drive now, brand new, it was $63,000. Right. It's a luxury item, and everything feels like milled jewelry and very, very fine craftsmanship. That's yeah. what it feels like. And well, now they're forty to forty-five grand well, used. Yeah, last season we had the XC40 on TV. We did, and I, that was an impressive car. It I, was I really liked it a lot. User interface really is excellent. Very different. Everything you touch and move the the yeah. the vents when you move them, they are just smooth and feel. Yeah, they don't nice feel plastically cheap. And, just yeah, they're nice. It's it's a thought to get you out of the the um, Japanese car in your garage. Yeah. It's very different. It's it, You could say it's, it's an experiment. We're trying and something out. How much do you really need a big SUV? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I know you're you said, saying maybe you said, the two-row, five-seat? Uh-huh. You, you said you're hauling people around, but how often are you really hauling people around? Is it once every six months or is it once every month? Sure, sure. And you're going to have to answer that question, of yeah. course, Josh. But uh, – you know, the MDX is large. It's got the third row, but it's still compact. So does the Telluride. But something from Volvo could could strike you. And as we keep saying, best seats in the business are Volvo and BMW. And that Absolutely. remains at this time. I, I mean, there's great seats out there. And I've never really been much of a Volvo guy until their recent styling change. And they yeah. they are just phenomenal. I Did love it. Did the XC40 kind of push you over the edge just being in it and well, driving the, it? Well, and... the S90 or whatever, when it first came yeah. out, it was just... I don't care for the taillights, but I love the rest of that car. And then, well, you and I just everything saw else is just followed. Yeah, the in S60. the parking lot yeah. the other day, we we had a grabbed a bite of dinner, and uh, yeah, we just came out, and there was an S60. Those have actually just hit that the market. Is They're brand new, gorgeous car, spectacular. Every detail. I like the taillights mm-hmm. on the rear end better. It works I like, better on. There. I like the resolution on there. The Thor's Little hammer. Yeah. All everything on that car is just perfect. telling you. And Josh, what we've heard about Volvo is that. Geely owns Volvo, but they have only done it from an investment standpoint, not a management and heavy-handed perspective. Right. They've given Volvo money to revive themselves, which they have in a huge way, and they've stepped away. So it's yeah. very still Scandinavian. It's very hands-off. Very much so. So we like that. I'm actually looking forward to driving a Polestar at some point. They've just come out. Really, um... Imagine a Polestar S60. Ooh. Dang. Hello. <laughs> Hopefully that's helpful. We've got a lot of questions. You even had uh, some questions on here. People are asking about various updates. And uh, I want to start off with uh, a question from Shobin D. He's writing to us on Facebook, and he's asking, when will Amazon Prime make our videos available to watch in Malaysia? Thank you for watching all the way from Malaysia. Yeah, we really seriously. appreciate you watching and listening. That's great. We actually have quite a viewership and listenership around the world, which we're really thrilled. And we love hearing emails and you know, you've heard us touch on various car markets that, um, you know, include cars for sale that we don't get in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so those are always nice and challenging. Showman says it's not available in his region, but it is available on Vimeo for consumption. So once we publish to Amazon, 
it will also do the same thing to Vimeo, so you can find our seasons on there. So hopefully right. that's helpful. And our Canadian fans as well, our Canadian listeners, hello to all of you. Hopefully uh, that is helpful as well. And I personally think it looks better on Amazon and Vimeo than on TV. I agree. The, it's, it's just the process the of the way TV feeds work. It, it is far higher resolution, and we're feeding it the same files, which is right. interesting. So you actually see the color correction and the mm-hmm. HD beauty and everything. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Jeff Hober and Richard Lindsay were asking – well, they're, they're kind of tied together. So everyone's asking about Mustang updates. <laughs> you kind of alluded to it earlier. Yes, the car's running. It wasn't for a long time. Was it a ground cable like you thought? It was. It was. It was. Okay. So I drove it to work. I, I uh, well, I guess there's there's more to the story. I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> there's always more to the story. I didn't start it often enough over winter time, over the winter, so the battery died. So right? you're saying you needed a trickle charge. So yeah, mm. and uh, so I went and replaced the battery in March. I think it was. I. I once it died, it's like, well, I guess I don't have to worry about that till spring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so went and got the battery. And then while I'm at the, the parts store returning the old battery for the core, car wouldn't start. Hmm. And you've got to be kidding me. Awesome. The, the starter solenoid was bad. Those are a notorious item on old Fords. They just are. They're cheap. Okay. They're easy to replace. It, I've replaced probably four of them. But when they go, they do it at the least opportune yeah. time. They wait. Yeah. The they nice can hear thing you. is it's two bolts and two wires, really, ultimately. It's a little more than that, but it, it takes 10 minutes. Two bolts like your caliper bolt that fell off hey, during the shoot? Hey, 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 watch it. You got parts at Home Depot to <laughs> fix this caliper. Hey, they work. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's bolt. It's grade 8 it bolt. Was, it was actually pretty funny because we're like, we need a bolt. Home Depot. Let's go to Home Depot. Fixed it right up. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got the car running, and then I drove it to work three days straight. Okay, no problems. Mm-hmm. On the third day, I go to leave work, and the car would not start. <laughs> yeah. I, you, at least your car can hear you. Couldn't figure out what was going on. It took, uh, the car stayed there at the parking lot at work for three days before I was finally able to, to get help from a friend to diagnose what was wrong with it. We pulled the starter off. We pulled the alternator off. We checked grounds. We checked this. We checked that. Everything was seemingly fine. But for whatever reason, I wasn't getting power from the battery in the trunk up to my starter solenoid. Hmm. And what we did to get it started was we actually took a very long set of jumper cables, ran it from the battery in the back up to my starter solenoid, and it fired right up, which kind of narrowed down that I've got an electrical issue somewhere. Right, right. So I got it, I drove it home, Okay. stalled the car on my driveway, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't start back up. I had to push the car into my garage. and You and need like a winch <laughs> mounted seriously. in the front of your garage <laughs> so you can just at least make it to your driveway and then just winch it on in. Yeah. So then the car sat for a while while I tried to figure out what was wrong with it. And I replaced more things and I was just throwing money at it. And uh, finally, I decided, well, okay, maybe I need to replace the the positive cable from the battery to the starter solenoid. Maybe it got some corrosion in it or something. Sure. Replace that with a bigger wire. Still wouldn't start. <laughs> You love chasing same, gremlins. Same problem. The car. Yeah, especially electrical problems. I hate electrical problems. <laughs> and what I ended up doing was I I took my old gr- uh, pot battery positive and ran it as a ground in addition to my current ground. Current ground. There you go. There's a pun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. Both you and Todd, once you get uh, started. But ran it, ran that to the block of the the engine block underneath the car. Sure. Plugged that in, fired right up. Hasn't missed a beat since. So we're good. It's good. It's solid. I've driven okay. it several times since in the heat. In the, and it's running. It's fine. She's back to life. Yep. It's been great. Fantastic. I've missed it. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. But the, the uh, Jeff's question was comparing life with the rest of Mod Mustang versus the 911. <laughs> They're vastly different. They're so very different cars. And the Mustang... While it seems like it's constantly needing things, it's not the car I drive every day, so it doesn't really. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter. But when things do happen, it's kind of it's annoying. You got to figure sure, out how to fix it or get the car home. Or, and honestly, a lot of the things that are going wrong with it are things that I've done to it myself because that's it's a Frankenstein. Be, that's gonna be frustrating. A little bit. The 911, on the other hand, well, it's got. I'm, I'm going to clear 165,000 miles on my way home tonight. 
I'm going to clear that. So that means I've put 19,000 miles on it in the That's last year. That's astounding. But you've told me on the forum, guy, owners with your very car are pushing 600,000 miles yeah. without a rebuild. Is that right? I don't know about without rebuilds, but I have seen cars well into uh, six-digit numbers. Like 300, 400,000? Mm-hmm. That's astounding. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting started. I mean, 165 that, seems high. I, I sure hope so. Apparently, yeah. you're just getting yeah. started. That's. I mean, the car's great. I've had to replace uh, two parts. I had to replace that math sensor, which we've talked about before. Yeah, right. And more recently, I replaced a window regulator. Okay, so that uh, which you know any normal car. normal things. Any car did that myself. Had to pull an airbag out of the door. That was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the car. Both cars are great, and I wouldn't trade them for anything right now. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, this is the situation that our first car debate, Jeremy, was yeah. is kind of I mean, in. He's got the the reliable one, and then looking at do I do I work on a wrench on another yeah. one? This is kind chance of stories, kind of why, Jeremy, I want you to have two cars in a way, even though I want you to just drive the best BMW two thousand two you can possibly find or a Lotus Europa and that yeah. is your car and but everybody's the reality minds of will old be blown. cars, as we all joke around, it's yeah. it's kind of true. Things are always just needing it needs something just all the time. Attention. It's a constant attention whore. And a, Apparently, ground cables for your yeah battery yeah. So, but yeah, I've 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 gone as far as well. The car could really use a respray. I don't have the money for that, but it could use a respray. Your mind is um, wandering onto things that if if I for whatever reason needed to rebuild the motor, Porsche makes an X fifty one uh, crate motor uh-huh. power. You sent power me the package. link for that. You mentioned That's that. Tempting. In a perfect world, I'd sent it off to Porsche Classic and have them redo it how I want it, like they did with <laughs> that course. that green Courage ET. But then, if I had that kind of money, I wouldn't have bought this one. I was going to say, then, then you'd else, be at a but, different level already. Yeah. So th- that's that's the thing with the 996 is they're not that expensive, but they're not that cheap either. And when you really start looking at what I want to do to it, it adds up fast. Yeah. It and it's just kind of the whole whole modding out of class thing. That's the deal. That's part of the game. Yeah. Part of doing it. Where do you stop? We've got to help I am Neff convince somebody to break out of their brand box. His mom Mm. is looking at cars and fixated on the all-wheel drive Challenger for her next daily, even though she and his dad are buying a Hellcat Red Eye to celebrate her retirement next year. She shut out all other all-wheel drive big, fast cars like the Audi S5, Kia Stinger, BMW 650i, xDrive. She she already loves cars and driving, but hasn't branched out of Mopar since she got a Charger in 2007. My question is, until you're done with that brand, until you've got it all out of your system, what's the reason we need to move her on from the, yeah. the brand box that she's currently in? Is it just for variety, or has she had variety her whole life? I mean, you can certainly take her driving and encourage her to, to say, you know, Drive this. Let's go to the dealership and we want to drive this. I want to show you what Mercedes, you know, Formata can do or, or something. Yeah. Like an E sixty three AMG S. Well, I mean you, you can you guys can poke fun at us for, you know, not taking our advice. Or you know, you've hey. had multiple Porsches, I've had multiple Porsches. Totally. Todd likes Lotus, I like Mustangs. But we also drive a lot of everything else. And we kind of know our likes and dislikes. Very much and, so. And that is I the would, benefit. Of I doing would that. just say, don't get stuck in a rut where all you'll drive is a Mustang, or all you'll drive is a Those Mopar. Those are big words coming from you. Or all you'll drive is a Porsche. Right. Right. At least go try, try the Camaro, try the BMW, try the Volkswagen. Well, that's see exactly if you it. like it or not. If you don't like it, well, stick with what you know and like. If Absolutely. you like it, then hey, cool. You might have found something different. Well, that's what we preach, and that is having that experience in your hip pocket to say, you know what? I have driven that. I do know, and I've, I've done yeah. the seat-to-seat comparison. I got right back in my car, or I got right in the new the new yeah, car, like, Oh, I love these seats, but I hate this instrument yeah. panel. And you'll know immediately, and we also encourage doing it hopefully back-to-back if you can. You know, you take a Saturday, and you're doing – Three cars in a day, and yeah. you've got the immediate experience, and that's why we try to do it on the shoot as well. We've got all all the cars with mm-hmm. us, and we jump into the next car, and it immediately informs our commentary, which yeah. is so fun, yeah. so fascinating. That's, I mean, that's obviously how the show is, uh, you know, what it's predicated on. But I, I like what she's thinking. I mean, they're great cars. The, the all-wheel drive Challenger is a great car. I, if she likes it, my question to you is. Does she need to be convinced? Is there some sort of issue or problem that? Yeah. Or is it just bugging you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, you've got all Mazdas in your garage. You've got three RX-7s, or you know, th- we've three, all yeah. we've all got our thing. Yeah. We, totally. We've all got our thing. 
Totally. Uh, Matthew Hickey was asking, uh, we've seen sports cars from the 80s and 90s starting to climb in price, often climbing out of achievable range, mm-hmm. like Supras. <laughs> what cars from the 2000s Toyota's do you expect? so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> the C8 exists. Sorry, was that out loud? <laughs> telling you, listen to Podcast yeah. 419. We... we Really yeah, they're that one. they're they're probably clenched right now. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yes. Uh, what cars from the two thousands do we expect to start seeing the same in years to come? I feel like there aren't many inspiring cars from that era, although it could be that they still aren't old enough to get a grip on that imagination nostalgia. You know, think of like the eighties and nineties cars. We were talking about it the other night. Uh, Radwood has become this huge thing. The eighties yeah. and nineties cars. Yeah. It's huge, and it's because the people that can afford them now couldn't afford them when they were new and those were the cars when they were in high school that they they aspired to yeah yeah so when i used to watch barrett jackson when i was growing up you know the muscle cars and the old hot rods were insane money well and by that you mean you were there at the show because you were yeah in I, yeah i've been, been phoenix there and tucson uh-huh. you were there so yeah yeah and and then you think well I don't see the eclipses and the GTOs and the <laughs> the you know the 90s Firebirds and things like that being worth much. But look at them; they're starting to go up because the kids my age can afford them now, and that's what they wanted when they were in high school. We've, so, we've discussed this: the 30 to 40 year. Even though that seems like a long time, you think, "Well, wait, just 10 years." Well, 10 year old car nowadays is not that old. No, and and like 10, 20 year old cars, they're kind of at that. What Matt Fair likes to call the low of cool. No one cares. Yeah, sure, sure. But wait another 10 years and all of a sudden, remember those cars? What happened to those? Ooh, those were nice. And then oh, everyone yeah. starts picking up. It's like, ooh, like Ferrari 308s and Lamborghini Countaches. Oh, that's good. Yeah, 308s. Countaches were 70 grand when I was in high school. Now they're pushing half a million. 308s were 25, 30 for a nice one. Now they're 100 grand for nice ones, if not more. That's insane. Because the people that were in high school or at that age when they were coming out, getting into cars, that's what was new and fresh. And and so yeah. look to see the, the hot cars like the Mustang Cobra Terminators and the, okay, the sure. 911 GT2s. Is that the, uh, Fox Body still, like 93? No, like the 0304. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The yeah. supercharged 390, you know, the, the original Hellcat, some say. Right, right. But look for cars like that to start going up in value. The Ferrari 360s even. I mean, those are kind of the low of the low right now for what those are. So Matthew was asking, what cars of the 2000s do we expect to make to, to do the same thing in the years to come? Did you right. make a list for the year 2000? No, but I, I had had the, the Mustang Cobra was an example. Okay, okay fair enough, um, fair enough. Maybe 996s in the future. I don't think they'll go crazy like the air-cooled cars, but yeah. they'll probably start rising. Uh, <laughs> You'd like it if they did. <laughs> Mine will never be worth that much. You're just... But, <laughs> but, no, but those are the kinds of cars that you know people that grew up with those that we're getting into cars in the early 2000s, the millennials. Mm-hmm. Those are what are going to go for a lot of money. I made a small list. Let me know what you think of these. The 360 Modena Ferrari. Uh-huh. The BMW Z3 M Coupe and Convertible. Like the yeah. 2000, I mean, those are, those are already, they're already money, but they're, they're going to go up. We just saw an E46 M3 get sold for 90K. Yes. That E46. Was, that was madness. That was nice. It was nice. Next to no miles. But still, and E39 M5s are still, well, they're kind of already going that direction. Mm-hmm. But what about, like, nice Honda S2000s? Yeah, S2000s. Like, unmolested uh, cars. Really nice RX-8s? Yeah. Yeah. Although, well, yeah, those are towards the tail end of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But what about Aston Martin Vantages? Do we have to wait longer? Because I feel like those are bargain price. Like, yeah. for the m- mid-2000s, those are the advantages to go get right now well, before they start to go back up. Think, think about this too. So when I was, you know, nine or ten, we had a neighbor down the street that had a brown 911 Targa. I don't know what year it was. It was a 70s or 80s car. Okay. They were not that nice then. That was kind of the. They were the 996 of Porsches then. No one cared. The guy parked it on the curb like I park mine. Hindsight. Uh-huh. Hindsight. And I don't know what happened to that car, but now that car is worth a lot of money. But back then, it was worth nothing. Mm. And that's not to say all these, you know, 
cars no one cares about will be worth a lot of money someday, but those are the kinds of cars that I'd look at. Interesting. There's a question from Lucky Jerk here who asks us, when we're reviewing a car, there will eventually be negative things said about it that we don't you know, like, things we don't like or believe should be approved. The question is, have car companies reached back out to us in regards to negative points we've made in various reviews or expressed in commentary? To be honest, it hasn't really happened. We've heard of it happening to other folks, and we feel like we're very straightforward and honest, but we're not saying, don't buy that car, you're going to die. Right. You know, but on the other hand, we'll say, you know what? I don't like this. I wouldn't buy it. But you know what I do like about it is this, Mm -hmm. because there's no perfect car. Hopefully manufacturers realize that, even though it's hard to tell the marketing folks that, but hopefully people realize no car is perfect, but it it fits, you know, for what we're driving it for. It's either it stacks in with a performance or space or price. And those are, those were our ideas for comparisons come from. They're sometimes they're similar with other outlets. Sometimes they're not, and we we like it when we kind of figure out something they're not. And as a matter of fact, I will tease episode five of this season, which is a a car from Mercedes and a car from Mazda that is pretty much the same car. It's the A220 versus the new Mazda three. Yeah, go look at the dimensions on both these cars. You'll think they're both alike. So I'm I'm not going to say anything more than that. That is coming at you, but. We discovered this and thought, well, shoot, we've got to compare these. They built the same car. Yeah. So no, to be honest, but other outlets have come to us and said, well, I'm not giving you the base model of something anymore. I want you guys to be in the performance version of the car so you can actually see what it's really capable of. Yeah. They've told us that because if we get the base model and they've just you know, kind of given us that, the Fiat 500 when it came out is a great example. And... FCA said, well, I'm never going to give you a base 500, but we'll give you an Abarth because we want you to go see what that car can do. Right, right, right. But we try to be very level-headed and and straightforward about it and, and honest. But, you know, we're, we're, again, we're not just slagging on it all over yeah. it because, okay, you get the idea we don't like something, fine. But then maybe there is something that likes. So there's there's always a balance, I yeah. think. But to, to this point, and, nothing's happened. And generally speaking, if... All the outlets kind of agree that this car, whatever it is, is not that good. Well, maybe it's not that good. And if yeah. everyone loves the, this other car over here, maybe they just really like that car. They're not being paid off. They just right. really like that car. Right. The, the Fiesta <laughs> ST is a perfect example. Everybody's like, nah, it can't be that good. And everybody universally loved yeah. this car. And then once you finally drive one, you think, well, shoot, there is something there. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? For sure. What else do you have? What other uh, questions? Kevin Rocco is asking me about fun back roads in Tucson. If you don't know, that's where I grew up. I grew up in Tucson. Very cool. Uh, he lists uh, Gates Pass and Mount Lemmon. Now, when I was growing up, we were in the Jeeps. So all the back roads I know are rock crawling roads. <laughs> See, so, another thing with your dad, the off-road aspect. I yeah, so I, I, when I started driving, I had a Camry, which is not a back road kind of car. But there was this road. On, <laughs> then and, it wasn't an anything type of car. No, it was a point A to point B I car. Take your point. But uh, there's this road called Roller Coaster Road on the north side. It's through town. It's actually through a neighborhood. But it, it as as a, as the name suggests, a bit of a roller coaster. And I would take the Camry down that. And there's a one spot where I would get the front two wheels off the ground. <laughs> and the it's short. It's only about a mile long. But it is a fun little midtown town road. Uh, but as far as other roads there, I don't know of anywhere else that you could find good roads. There's, there's Mount Lemon and Gates Pass are the only two I can even think of. Interesting. And the hard part with those, I would think it's been a long time since it's been up either of them. But I, I would think traffic and cyclists are just too much to really, really go exercise a car too hard. Interesting. You'd have to go to, uh, what is it? Indy Motorsports Park or whatever. Oh, Wilcox. sure, sure, sure. You have yeah. to go somewhere like that. Last question for me from MC Randall Seven on Instagram. It was a styling question, so of course it's like uh, you know I'm, I'm taking the bait. Who wins the all-time styling between Jaguar and Mercedes, or you know anybody else we want to include, in terms of the overall body of work, the catalog of work throughout the years? That is a huge question. That's a we very can spend big question. I saw a this lot of time, and I want to touch on this because, of course, you know Jag has the E-Type in their catalog, mm-hmm. but Mercedes has the, the SL. They have the D-Type too. Mercedes has the SL. They have the early Mercedes. They go way back because I'm thinking 540K. Yeah. I'm thinking the yeah. gorgeous flowing the old, era. Yeah. 
So this is actually a good matchup. It really is. I think this needs to be revisited. But I think modern cars, Mercedes is kicking Jaguar square in the mouth. I mean, the F-Type is gorgeous. Yeah, but the XJ and the XE the rest and of the them rest are of them appropriate are kind of... for the, the times, certainly. But Mercedes is getting genuinely beautiful right now. Mm-hmm. But going back, I... we'd almost have to break it down by model. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you're right. The, the E-Type, the D-Type... XJ is it? no uh, XK uh, uh, R. Yep, the uh, the Double series R. two or what? Uh, no, Mark Mark two Mark two. Jaguar has so much going on, but then yeah, like I said, I go back to you know the stuff at you see at Amelia or Pebble or whatever the the five forty Ks with this super long hood even and the, the fender stretched out. Even the XJS. Yeah, they're they're kind of cool looking. I I don't I don't XJ, have an answer yet. XJ two twenty. XJR15. There's a lot of cool old, cool Jaguars from not even that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we have to revisit <laughs> this clearly. Uh, uh, we also need to do other matchups. That could be a good topic Tuesday. We'll have to yeah, actually sure. break it down by model. So do you have a last question before we wrap things up? Uh, the legend continues uh, was asking me about the uh, the LT2 and the C8. It says it appears to be an evolution of the LT1, which it is. Uh, Toyota's so screwed. Wait, with what? Who reliability mods baked in. I haven't looked into that into it that closely to really have an opinion. It's the new version, so theoretically it's better. Mm-hmm. I am really curious though what's in that race car, the C eight R. You mentioned this. Touch on this. It's uh you were mentioning this because of class rules? Yeah, so you know the Ford G T has a V six in it right. for not only for packaging reasons, but because of class rules and IMSA and right. So they went with a three and a half liter uh, twin turbo V six. But it's because of their class, because the the C7R races in a different class with a V8. No, they're the same class, but they're naturally aspirated V8 that was five and a half liters. It was a de-stroked LS. So it's really detuned. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Detuned in de-stroked. The, um, de-stroked is the word there. Okay. Um, because it's normally a 6.2, so it's a 5.5 because gotcha. of class rules. 5.5 is the max that you can go. Right, right. And I think, I think turbocharged, I think it's 4 liter for a V8. I, I forget. It's something like that. Um, the problem they had with the Vipers, though, was they were an 8 liter. And so they had to really kill the, the revs <laughs> on it to really bring it Just down. shut off four <laughs> cylinders. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you go watch. There's a video on YouTube where you can watch the C8R testing at Sebring back during Sebring. Hmm. It's at night. It's got camo all over I it. I remember this video. And it sounds incredible. But it's not a V8. There is no way that's a V8. Some people are suggesting that it's a flat plane crank V8 and it sounds kind of Ferrari-ish. I think it sounds more like the Alpha Julia. Yeah, but wouldn't they just do the same thing they did the C7, and just de-stroke the same V8? You'd think. but They given, could. But given the way this sounds, I think it's a, a turbocharged V6. Uh, interesting. And, you know, my theory is, we've talked about this too, the whole center console of that car is up high enough to fit batteries underneath it. Oh, easy. You know that's So coming. I think either the Z06 or ZR1 is going to be a hybrid uh, oh, version of the absolutely. car. Absolutely. They're adding and, electric motors on the front. And I think oh, it makes yeah. sense for it to be a 3.5 liter-ish turbocharged V6. They can pull it out of the ATS-V, crank it up, and call it a day. You know the size of the frunk will decrease, and they'll add electric mm-hmm. motors and batteries, or it'll go away altogether. And more for aero and all-wheel drive. Yeah. And yeah. And then they'll be saying, "Hello, Ford GT. Remember us? <laughs> We're only a hundred grand, not five hundred thousand dollars." Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Okay, we gotta leave it there. We've actually gone over time, guys. Thanks a million for your questions. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed. And uh, yeah, come see us at the Ridge if you're uh, if you're in Washington. Otherwise. On Monday, the 29th, is the Griot's Garage live stream, and we've got Nick on with us. Yep. Looking forward to that. Cheers, everyone.